Yo, 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 yo. What is up, podcast peeps? So we're not doing an episode in Spanish like we did last week, but we might do those in more in the future. It so far it did it did an okay response. I got like nine listens on it, which is about average. But I kind of figured if nobody was gonna listen to it because I don't know what my listeners language they speak. So maybe some of those listeners are actually people that randomly just came across it. So it's kind of interesting. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I go back and look at all the ones. I'm average, probably averaging like 15 to 20 listens per episode. So, uh, but yeah, this, this podcast will be in English. And as the case, you guys follow me around on my socials, uh, spark up a combo. I also still plan on getting this to more of a vlog going soon. And I know Anchor is getting tools or making it so that you can do a video podcast, I think. So that'd be interesting to see going forward. Uh, as Hopefully as my podcast grows, you know, over the next couple of years, um, it'd be interesting to see if I can get, if I can use Anchor's visual podcast to, uh, to actually, instead of doing vlogs on YouTube, doing them through Anchor. Because um, I actually think Anchor's a really good app to do podcasts through. Uh, shout out, plug in Anchor. Uh, the app, the app, anchor.com forward slash app. Uh, but yeah, th- no, definitely. Uh, this episode is in English. And, uh, you know, again, follow me on, I think, TikTok and Twitter and Instagram is where you can find me mostly. And, and not necessarily Instagram, probably. And not neither, even necessarily TikTok, mostly Twitter. Uh, Twitter is the superior app. It's not even. It's not even a debate. I know the numbers will tell you Facebook, but anybody. I mean, I don't really know. Half the shit you see on in on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, uh, TikTok is shit that originated on Twitter. Only occasionally does TikTok come up with a little dance challenge or whatever and Facebook doesn't actually do shit what Facebook has over Twitter is they have a lot a larger older crowd that got stuck you know you ask any youth if they on Facebook and the answer is no but their aunts and uncles are and their moms and dads are and their cousins are but they're not on it because that's fucking corny it's a corny ass app uh, they are on Instagram, but Instagram, again, Instagram's algorithm and the way it's set up is so fucked. Uh, you don't even see your friends, close friends' pictures. And I, I don't know, the stories really are just some bullshit. Snapchat does the stories better. And I know Facebook, I think, has stories too, but that's kind of on some bullshit. But either way, Twitter is a superior app. In the layout, the formality of it, uh, the jokes, everything, the memes, all top tier, um, all top tier uh, internet. Twitter is where it's at. Uh, anything that goes on, anything that happens in the real world, they hit Twitter first. Facebook be finding out shit weeks later. Instagram days later, and it's just like you might as well just be on Twitter. So, anyways, that was that. Was that. But I want to talk to you. I got an episode coming up. I'll talk to you a little bit about how I came to see the Acacia Strain and Kublai Khan, Orthodox, Dying Wish on the Acacia Strain's tour where they played Wormwoods, I think 10th or 11th year of existence. And also, 
it comes in waves and slow decay. You know, it play it comes in waves in its entirety, and we're one in its entirety. So my voice is a little raspy because I'm fucked. Uh, I just I just went to the shows not even like 12 hours ago, and I was gonna do it last night, but I was I was completely I was completely gassed. Uh, physically, just physically, just um, kind of exhausted. Uh, and then it was back to back night, so I moshed a little bit the first night, and then the second night kind of went hard in the paint. And uh, yeah, so I didn't do it yesterday. So as I start this episode, let's start by saying this I'm from California, the show's. And Anaheim, to see the occasion train at the chain reaction had sold out. Uh, not even like a week after it got mentioned, or two weeks, because but I know it was announced, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I was gonna go. And then, or I was waiting for a check, or I don't know what exactly happened in that time frame. But when I went to go buy tickets, it was sold out. I think I was like the first show to sell out. It sold out both days. And I was fucking mad. I was like, well, I actually wasn't mad. I was just bummed. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, damn it. Like, and I wasn't even going to come to Arizona at the Nile Theater in Mesa, Arizona, in Table. You know, for those of you who don't know, Mesa, Arizona is actually, Mesa is a Spanish word for table. Could, it could have been possibly the water table, but it is nonetheless table, Arizona. There's a lot of cities and places in California, and I think, I'm assuming Arizona, Las Vegas, Texas. all Hispanic names and people often just assume that it just is just a fucking like name and it means something else like for example Corona California most people don't know it but Corona is actually Spanish word for crown like the beer Corona you kind of, most people assume Corona is a beer but it's not it's it's a crown what it means corona is a crown um and if you actually people don't know this but i mean some smarter coronians uh the corona could be crown town that's kind of what they that's it that's the english but anyways that that all that's besides the point uh Mesa, Arizona. I wasn't going to come to this. I was really not going to come. Because it's fucking far. For me, it's a five-hour drive. Uh, And, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll find a ticket on StubHub. Maybe I'll find a spare ticket. Give it some time. So, it just so happens that Friday and Saturday, it was a Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving that these shows took place, Black Friday and Saturday, yesterday, um, it just happened, it just actually happened to work out, because the shows in Anaheim are on Sunday, Monday, and I could just to be, you know, just imagine Sunday night, and then you have to go back out to Anaheim for a Monday night, and the fucking arena sucks. The chain reaction is just not a good venue. It's a legendary venue. A lot of people have rolled through there, but it's overall the layout of it sucks. They could use a complete makeover. Um, but anyways, so and then I was like, okay, well I can come out here Friday, Saturday to the uh, to the Nile Theater in Mesa and see this show and come back on Sunday and I, and I won't be so like 
rest because I got to work. I got to relax all day Sunday. So it's what it is, man. Um, that's how I just, and it just so happened to be on the holidays. So I, I knew I was going to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, four day weekend, five day weekend, or whatever you have, whatever it, the case may be for people. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days. So I knew I could do it. So I went ahead and bought my tickets. Drove my happy ass out there. Uh, had to like argue with my girlfriend to come out here because uh, there's some bullshit. But anyway, we went out. We got out there. I uh, got out there Friday about 6 p.m. And then I checked into a, a hotel and then I went straight to the show. And I waltzed in right when Dying Wish uh, was, like, kicking off the first night. That was, the first night was It Comes in Waves night. Uh, DK Strain night, It Comes in Waves. And I gotta say, watching Dying Wish now play twice... Uh, I do like what they got going for them. I think they need to clean up a little bit of the pacing between just, I don't know, I don't know. I just kind of feel like there's a little bit they could clean up. Uh, overall, I like the way they sound live. Um... I kind of feel like they could add, maybe add in a couple of samples and just do a little bit of things. They could be a little bit bigger of a band. Uh, so they're pretty good. I, I, again, I watched them both nights. also watched Orthodox both nights. See, Orthodox is a little bit more cleaner of a band as far as their sound is what I think Dying Wish should try to achieve Orthodox-esque sound. Um, and Orthodox is cool. I mean, I don't got nothing bad to say. They're all right. Not my particular cup of tea. But, I mean, I've seen them twice. I don't know. I may or may not check them out uh, on Apple Music. It re- really would depend on if I just randomly came across him. I mean, I wasn't completely, like, blown away or anything. I watched Orthodox twice, and, like, I wasn't, like, blown away, like, if it was anything, like, whoa, like, to me. I mean, they were good, don't get me wrong. I mean, they had some interesting concepts to the music. Uh, but I think Dying Wish is kind of like what Orthodox, or, or want, Orthodox is what Dying Wish wants to be, I think, kind of. And uh, I watched Orthodox twice. And, uh, you know. But anyways, so the first night, let's get back to night one. It was Dying Wish, Orthodox, and then Kubla Khan played... And I don't know if KublaCon is just not as popular in Arizona as they are, like, everywhere else. But KublaCon is just absolutely nuts. That band is nuts. Uh, KublaCon, to me, is just, like, a rowdy band. Very rowdy. And, you know, I, I like it. Maybe just people are just don't know enough about them, or somehow they've managed to skate so far under the radar that you know people don't know them. But Kubla Khan goes hard, man. In all their albums, like there is just songs he would absolutely tear a motherfucker in half. Uh, but in what what happens to be the case, I, I, like I kind of feel like they don't. Kubla Khan is turning the corner now. And getting off some of these like lower end 
tours that nobody would go to. It's starting to now be on like higher end. Like I think the last they were with the Despised Icon, and now they were with the Mighty Acacia Strain. And I kind of feel like uh, Kublai Khan is crazy live, and they're crazy on their albums. Like they're they're the definitely my cup of tea. Uh, and they killed it the first night. I was like, okay, they broke they broke off with Empire, and a lot of people just. Like I said, I don't think they know who who Kublai Khan is. Ampile is a wild-ass song to start off a set with. You know, The Hammer is a, a wild song to finish a set with. True Fear is a wild song to play live as well. I mean, they have dozens of wild songs that you could choose from. Guilt, the Guilty Dog, you know, there's a lot. That band's got a lot going on. If you don't know who Kublai Khan is... I highly recommend you just picking up literally anything they fucking and just listen to it because some of that shit just is fucking mind-bogglingly crazy. Um, but yeah, so night one, you know, Kubla Khan plays, and then the Acacia String comes out and plays. They hit off with um, it comes in waves now. I'm going to say this. There wasn't as much mosh action where it comes in ways as I thought there should be. Because there is definitely parts of that album that are breakdown heavy. But I kind of feel like It Comes in Waves came out because it was only like our only sin was giving them it's only seven songs and it's not like an album where each song is differentiated from the last you know this is it's a really big long song and I talked about this in the past it comes in waves is basically the you take out the observer from coma witch take out Cold Gloom from Grey Bloom, Grey Bloom and then you got It Comes in Waves. This is their third, their third rendition, their third attempt I think at something like that. And my favorite probably is The Observer. And that may be just because of the cool sound bites it's got in it. But musically, It Comes in Waves is better than The Observer because The Observer is kind of like, it gets all the way slow and it picks up and then it's just kind of chopped chopped up between the sound bites and the music. But I kind of feel like that was a little bit, I, I I, I edged The Observer better than it comes in ways solely uh, solely for those reasons. But musically, I kind of feel like it comes in ways as a better musical experience to just throw that on. Um, and the Acacia Strain is one of the very few bands that I that has gone through like probably like four transitions of music, maybe even five, and has survived every single musical transition they've transition to and not only have survived but like thrive there's not a lot not a lot of bands that can do that not a lot of mainstream artists that could do that um i just don't there's not there's not many there's not many there's not there's bands that try it and they never get back to what they once were their bands have tried it and then they garner a whole nother fan base, and you're like, nah, this isn't this isn't what this isn't who they are. Like case in point being, Wage War. For me, Dead Weight and the album before that, uh, they're really good albums. And then uh, Diamonds or whatever, Pressure, whatever they came out with, a complete 180. I didn't I didn't even listen to the new stuff. Uh, allegedly. It's good, but at night again, it's just an alleged. And I hate to throw in Wage War under the bus, but 
I haven't listened to Wage War and or have even decided to even attempt to go see them since, uh, since, I don't know, back then when they were good. To me, they were good anyways. But The Occasion, again, is one of those bands that <clears throat> has gone through several musical transitions and the core fan is still there. I'm still here, like, my brother still listens to them, we're still here, like, fucking, they, I, about 20 years now, still here, like, 2003 era, uh, they gotta be, they gotta be my longest running band that I have liked, they're probably my favorite band of all time, uh, you know, Bleeding Through was, for many years, the K-Strain was, like, in, barely in the top five, you know, you gotta think back in, like, 2010, 2011, it was bleeding through, it was hate for you, it was still Slipknot, um, you know, there was other bands, maybe even Throwdown, you know, the K-Strain was there, you know, that was one of my favorite bands, and then, you know, just one by one, Slipknot kind of fell off somewhere along the lines, Avery kind of like relapsed somewhere along the lines. Bleeding through quit for a little bit. You know, they fell off. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel like the the K-Strain had their moments too where a little bit of like nothing was going on. And then they came right back roaring with it and like have not stopped since uh, Komowich. And, uh, you know, and so when it comes to, it comes in waves, it was kind of cool hearing the whole song, the whole album through the, it, but actually it's just a big song, a really big, long song. Uh, I would have loved to see the Observer played in its entirety, sound clips and everything. I, I wish, but I understand why they don't play that live and why they uh why they opt to not even play that live I, I understand it because it's not actually playable live there's so many sound clips in it they don't we can't play it live without having to break every other little while and having the sound clip interrupt the music which is why it comes in waves. I think is a better musical, uh, musically, and also just to hear it live is a better song in that aspect. Um, and Cold Gloom, not getting no love, but I mean it's there too. It's that I think it's the third, the third attempt. I talked about it before. It's the third attempt at making a, something like that, and. Uh, Hearing it live, you know, what I said, they play it really good. The Acacia Stream does not disappoint at anything they do live. Um, And then they hit off with uh, a couple of songs from Decay, Crippling Poison, Seeking God, The Lucid Dream, uh, and Crossgates. Maybe there's another song, I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, Seeking God is amazing. The Crossgates is a wild-ass minute-long song, too, as well, to just be throwing that in there. Um, And then Crippling Poison is probably their most mosh-friendly song on that whole album, where it's got a lot of two-steps written into it. But yeah, they, they, that's what they played night one out there in, at the Nile. And I was, you know, completely, like, jazzed about being there. And that night ended, I, I kind of, I left. Now, I was looking for food. I ended up having, I stopped at Filberto's, whatever the fuck that place is. But there's nothing to eat in Mesa. And then I had to say this. Maybe it was just me. But there's not nothing to do in Mesa, Arizona. 
And I wasn't there to do anything anyways, but I was, like, looking for some, like, a food or, like, a little sports bar or something, and I didn't see anything anywhere. And there's nothing on Broadway that you would want to stop and do anything on Broadway. Or on Main Street, really, for that matter. So I just went to my room and just called it a night. I was up playing Mario Kart for a while and then I knocked out. Woke up the next day, went to go give me some uh, breakfast, but again, I didn't find anything out there breakfastable. Ended up getting a sandwich and uh, went to my room, just kind of hung out. Relax, you know, a mini, a mini vacation. I was just relaxing. I was gonna throw Netflix on on my phone, but I decided I'm, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I took a nap. I dozed off. And then fucking, at about four o'clock, I kind of started getting ready uh, to get this show, to get night two underway. You know, Wormwood, motherfuckers, and um. Yeah, I got out there, got out there early, got out there like about 6.15 to the show, got in to find out that a band from California, Momentum, uh, opened up, which they're pretty cool, uh, don't know nothing about them either, you know, they have a, like a good song or two, so I watched Momentum play, again, I watched Dying Wish, Dying Wish opens with uh, the first song on their newest album, which I think is, um, what is it called, let me look here, it's Cowards Feed, Cowards Bleed, that song is my favorite song from them, and they should open with that song for the next fucking 10 years, just, there's no better song that they got for me to open up with but they opened up with that song uh and they played that from what i can tell because i've now listened to the dying wish album probably like about five or six times maybe seven times through so i really i actually like how they sound on their album i really think that they have a bright future going forward if this is their first i know they did a split with somebody uh but this is their first solo Dolo fucking album, and I was like, okay, it's a pretty good first solo start. Uh, not a lot of bands have a really good first album. This one has all the elements of the heavy you want, and they threw in a little bit of singing and a little bit of chanting, so I kind of figured they're going to go that way more in the future, but as long as they can keep the heavy coming in some of these sick-ass breakdowns. They should have a good couple of album runs, hopefully. And, uh, be a, you know, be a bigger band at one point. Um, and then Orthodox played again. And again, you know, I'm, I may check them out. And I, I don't know. I may, if I can make the time to, I will. If not, I could say I've seen them twice. And if anybody else says, yo, this Orthodox shit is dope, take a listen, I might. Um, but it would be, you know, whatever what it is. It's just what it is. I can't listen to everybody. Although I have seen Orthodox now play live twice. And, and uh, I don't got nothing bad to say about them. I kind of feel like I just don't know who they are. So I would have to make the time to listen. But moving on from that. And then you had Kublai Khan again. And again, Kublai Khan just totally smacks. Uh... I can't believe that that band is, like, not bigger than they are. But, again, uh, they shouldn't. They won't be small for much longer. I think they're about ready to fucking burst through the seams and be running these tours as the top dog. Um, you know. And, again, they played, they played about the same things that they played the first night. Uh, Boomstein. Uh, they played their new song. I don't, I think I, I listened to it twice. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but they played that. 
And then, you know, moving on to the finale of what what I'm doing out there in the first place, why this tour was actually very important for me to go and see uh, the Wormwood anniversary. Been 10 years, I can't... I can't believe that I've been listening to fucking Wormwood for fucking 10 fucking years. Uh, that's absolutely blows my mind a little bit sometimes. Like, just in the gravity of that, like, Wormwood came out um, at a time, for me personally, where it wasn't kind of like, a lot of bands had dipped off right there was a there was a giant money recession if you remember like 2008 2009 era and then it kind of persisted it was even probably slightly before that 2007 and then everybody says that it, everybody wants to make it seem especially republicans and i don't want to drag politics into my fucking podcast right this second but po- uh, republicans were very quick to say oh yeah we hit a recession and then we were out of it like if, it, if a recession came for like six months and then it was over and then we were back to the way things were. That's not the case. A lot of people lost their homes. A lot of people, a lot of businesses went under. A lot of, um, you know, for myself personally, my dad died during around that time. You know, and I don't blame my dad's death on Republicans, but I kind of do because and they're never going to, nobody will ever sit there and tell you this straight up to their face. My dad was working. Okay. Very physical man, like myself. You go from working every day, every day, every day to you don't have nothing to do because there's no work. You're just at home. You know, again, like this pandemic, you were just at home, not working every day not getting out there and physically moving your body. It's just, you were, it was slow. And everyone, people were losing their homes. A lot of stress. I kind of feel like that was piled on top of what other, other things he had going on. And that kind of ultimately, you know, put him, helped, it actually helped put him under. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it didn't. Because it did. Because I believe if things were graving, we were working hard. In the sun, you sweat off some of those, you know, some of those burgers you eat or you sweat off and you're out there busting your back, sweating off some of the, you know, the juice you drink or the beer you drink, you know. I kind of feel like while it doesn't balance out, but you're not, you're not just, okay, I'm going to eat a burger now and just sit at home because there's nothing to do. Eat a cookie and just take a nap all day kind of feel like his problems with his health was only exasperated by the fact that he was not getting out and being physical anymore at that point in time. So that that kind of happened. And then Wormwood comes out. And, you know, honestly, um, you know, it hit probably all the right notes at the right time. And and honestly, the K-String does that. They hit the right notes at the right time most of the time, and it's just kind of one of those things where, like, you know, like, again, they've had several turns within the band. Each each album is a different notch, but at the same time, it's one of those things, like, the band has adapted in, to various situations, and, you know, they come out, and it's still good. And uh, it's just it's just so crazy to me that Wormwood is now like ten or eleven years from its release to you know to now and it's like wow like and, and I gotta be honest with you like I don't know I I I don't remember the episode where it was I talked about my favorite albums my top 10 favorite metal albums of all the time, but I think Wormwood was a, was a, it was a close consideration. I kind of feel like the dead walk is their premier top album. 
they've ever made. Uh, maybe even Continent is close. Wormwood is definitely close. Um, 3750 is also definitely close. Coma Witch, definitely close. Um, you know, they're just, they're just, there's albums that are definitely close. Gravebloom is also a definitely a close album that I kind of feel like, um, these are albums that are really close to being their best album. And, and Wormwood is to- probably in top contentions as well. I, I kind of feel like Wormwood, it, it just, like, it just hit on all notes. In, at, for a time, it had to be the most brutalist album, and it still is one of the most brutalist albums like I've ever see this is I, I've I've heard this too Joey Jordanson from Slipknot once said that Iowa was the number one heavy album of all time ever hands down case closed book closed uh that statement is so arguably wrong it's beyond belief that um and they're nowhere. Co- I mean, that album is legendary. Iowa is legendary. But pound for pound, Wormwood is better than Iowa. Straight up, pound for pound. It, you can't mosh to every single song on Iowa. And I and I just went last night to tell you that. You, Moshing to every single song to Wormwood is a possibility. Uh, in a in a fucking wild possibility. Yeah, and the band isn't as big as Slipknot, but if you were to put Slipknot on the same stage as Slipknot, or the Acacia on the same stage as Slipknot, and you had the same amount, if you had eighty thousand or forty thousand Acacia String fans, uh. Heads up, you would be more scared to be in an Acacia Stream pit than you would a Subnaut Mosh pit. That's how you know that Iowa is not the greatest album of all time ever. It's just not. Um, and I, again, uh, I talked on that too. I, I don't really feel as if he wasn't wrong in saying that. Maybe at that time. Uh, and I don't feel that he's actually all that off in his statement. But that's definitely Slipknot's greatest album, I think, hands down. Case, And it prob- probably is the best mainstream heavy album maybe ever to exist. Uh, probably the, the most mainstream heavy album to exist, yes. That might be true. That probably is true because I can't think of any other... Band, not System of a Down, not Corn, not Marilyn Manson, Pantera, so, yeah, definitely heavier than Slayer. You know, Slayer is not a heavy band; they're just thrash metal. Um, they're definitely heavier than Metallica, oh, but overall, I don't think their the album is as good as Metallica's. Um, but I'm not here to discuss it. Not here to discuss Wormwood, and I think Wormwood just in its entirety is just a fucking absolute riot. Again, I can't believe that it's been 10 years or 11 years, and uh, to open with the Beast is a fucking wild uh, notion as well. Now, I've watched them open with that song back when the album first came out, and I was just like, you know what? This is just straight anger. It is just straight fucking fight and violence. Uh, it's every it, man that is everything you want to open a set with. Fuck that song. The beast could be played in the middle of a set or at the end of the set and be just fucking absolutely insanity. Um, it's probably. 
one of my favorite songs that they've ever made. And I think that's the case for most people. Like they hear, they think of the case and you think of a number of songs and the beast comes up. Uh, I don't know how many times, but he probably comes up on everybody. If you take 10 people that like to kiss straight and say, give me your top 10 songs, that beast will be on all top 10 lists. I don't know where, but it'll probably be on the top 10 of everybody's list. Um, and to open with that, again, is just absolutely insane. Uh, over the years, it's crazy, man, because they've had a, a tremendously successful run at this music venture and heavy music, and I, I, they just don't fail, man. I mean, vacation just does not fail. But moving on from The Beast, uh, they played the whole album through The Hills Have Eyes, Bottom Feeder, Ramirez, uh, Jonestown, Bay of Pigs, uh, you know, fucking Tactical Nuke, uh, the Unabomber, uh, what other songs are on there? The Impaler, as I'm cheating now, looking at all the, what did, what did I miss? Terminated, Nightman, The Carpathian. Uh, you know, and to end with Tactical News, again, is another wild notion for an album. Not, not a lot of people know this, but if you're going to end an album and you end it with Tactical News, which is a fucking six-minute breakdown, A lot of people might skip that song and just not give the song its due credits for what it actually is. It's a fucking beat down. If you weren't already beat the fuck up listening to the album, moshing in your living room or wherever the case, and you throw in Tactical Nuke to end this shit at full decibels, again, you're, you were already fucking snapped. You might as well just fucking Fucking uh, five star frog splash off the fucking the roof on into the fucking into a rose garden is what it is. This ain't nothing fucking make you just fucking fly through your front door head first, put your fucking foot in the oven. That's <laughs> it, what it is. It's a fucking it's a sick ass in the play it live. Is again another wild thing, and by that, in mind you, now I'm moshing this whole time. I know every song word for word, letter for letter, breakdown for breakdown, because I've listened to uh, Wormwood no less than a couple hundred times, no less than a couple hundred times. I've listened to the beast no less than 1,000 times, live in my car, uh, no less. I, I, uh, Listen to the case train a lot. Uh, in post Wormwood, they they hit you with three songs: Doctor Doom, Off a Continent, another classic, Woe Shut It Down, which I have not heard in a cool minute. Uh, it's amazing that that band got past that song. As wild as a notion that is. And and then to round it off with Car Bomb, another insanely wild song and you know i i can't stress this enough the k strain is that fucking band for me and they have never fucking failed me amazing an absolute animosity of a band if you put i can't you can't describe i can't describe to people why the occasion strain is absolutely the most brilliant band in the heavy, in the, one of the most successful bands that has ever graced this earth. When, when the day comes that the Acacia Strain is no longer a band, uh, or Vincent passes away, or, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to do it no more, or we become old men and he's 50 and he decides that the Acacia Strain is done, and that the band has had a long enough run, I might actually cry. Um, and it might be one of those things where heavy music 
will be a little bit of a loss because they're no longer on the scene. Um, I, again, I would like to sit down and talk to Vincent one of these days face-to-face and just ask him about the end. Because most metal bands eventually have an end. Slayer's ending, you know, My Chemical Romance ending. They're not metal, but System of a Down just doesn't make any morning music. Um, there's an eventuality to a lot of bands, the end. I want to know if he's contemplated the end. Or I would like to know if he's contemplated touring, stopping touring, and maybe just making music. I mean, I would like to pick his brain. I would like to ask him several questions that I've had along all these years about the band and just more specifically about their music. But, you know, when it when they, when they it is, their time is up, I would like to fucking, you know, it's just so wild, like, of a notion, like, that they put out several, or almost 10, almost 10 albums now of just straight chaos. Now I would just like to fucking ask them, like, Yo, like, how, how, how did this happen? Like, how did he get 10 fucking albums of chaos, man? It's just wild. Um, but I'm going to pick this up a little bit later. I'll finish up this episode. I wanted to touch on some other stuff, but I'll wait on that. Um, but besides that, you guys hang tight. I'll get this, I'll get this episode up, posted up here shortly. Or actually, I'll get another little segment, and I'm going to wrap this up here in a little bit. Not right this second, but a little bit. So hang tight. I'll be right back. Okay, peeps, I'm back. <clears throat> to wrap up this episode, and then I'm going to do a couple of more episodes along the way um, here this week because I got we're going to talk about a couple other things, but let me wrap up my Acacia Strain at the Nile in Mesa, Arizona experience for you. And about Wormwood, you know, give a little quick, just a little, try to wrap this up, a couple minutes here. Um, Yeah, so, you know, as I said, they ended with uh, Car Bomb. And if you take the last four songs in particular, they're set, Tactical Nuke, Doctor Doom, Woe Shut It Down, and Car Bomb. Again, that is just a wild, uh, a wild way to end this set. An extremely violent, wild, absurd, uh, closing arguments, as it were. As it were. It, it, to me, it just is one of those things like. As a fan of the band, as a fan of heavy music, as a fan of just all things heavy and wild and just absurd and just banging and fucking moshing and everything. That is just an insane, an insane ending. Uh, That's an insane ending. It really is really don't know what else to say about other than the level of insanity that you know that that band you know has you know performed over the years you know I can remember the days when Woe Shut It Down was their opening song I remember when it was their ending song I remember a time when Car Bomb would end the sets as well or perhaps open them up um I remember a time when Continent you know was in full force and JFC was you know the end of their sets as a matter of fact I think they ended when they were on Warp Tour with JFC um and just and Doctor Doom is one of those songs as well it's just another wild Song, it's why it, you know, the absurdity, the wildness of those songs is just the one of the many reasons why I love that band so much. 
And like I said, they, they've gone through many transitions over the years. Um, and I've been there with them every step of the way. And I guess I'm not no super fan, but I have been here a long time. And I have been to so many shows. And it's coming. I'm going to end up getting a tattoo tattoo soon. I've kind of figured out what I want to get from them. Um on my body to show my support after all these years uh, and I do want I'm kind of waiting I don't know what I'm waiting for but I'm kind of want to get like either a poster or something from the band like a flag but I want to I want a flag um, but I kind of want an old school flag. I just want their old school name printed on it. Uh, but I'm not sure. I, I, I've been looking sort of because I kind of want, I kind of want a sweater from them. But I haven't seen any that I like recently. Um, I always check out when they drop gear and they drop. And I know they're a fan of the dad hat, as I like to call it, the snapback or the. The dad hat, you know, it's not really the snapback. It's kind of one of those funky, like, the adjustable uh, snapback. But it's not a snap. It's a, like a, I don't know what it is. It's like a little mini belt buckle. But, I mean, I'm a, you know, I just haven't really dialed in what I want from them, merch-wise. But that doesn't, I mean, I do my part. And I know a lot of bands make a lot of money off of merch. But I do my part in other ways, man. You know, I've talked about them numerous times. I've seen them numerous times. You know, I go to their shows. I come and support. I listen to their music, like, frequently. Uh, more so than Bleeding Through. More so than Hate Breed. More so than Slipknot. Uh, you know, and it's just one of those things. Like I said, Wormwood is so many years old now. And I just can't believe that... It, I probably listened to that album upwards of a thousand times. For sure. Somewhere between 500 and a thousand times. I don't have... I know I had it in my car. Again, I had... See, I've had... When I used to have CDs often, I had 3715 on repeat. I had the dead walk on repeat for about two years that was the only thing I was listening to I had Continent on repeat for about a year mind you there's other music that came around at that time that I did listen to as well but the Acacia Strain stayed in my car regardless <clears throat> and Wormwood came out and again was on repeat for a long time and, and Wormwood actually I went back to over the years and re-listen to off and on. Continent is another one. I did listen to The Dead Walk off and on, but I kind of... Uh, I kind of let that one just there because I would see them live and I would see all those songs. And so, like, it was ingrained in me, every breakdown, everything. Um, Death is the Only Mortal is probably the only album that I haven't listened to more than, like, a hundred times. I probably listened to it probably around like 80 or 90 times. And even that, that's a lot. I mean, there's songs on there I like. There's songs on there I don't like. Actually, this is probably my least favorite of their albums. But nonetheless, it's still pretty good. I mean, I liked what they were good. Actually, I would really like for them to redo that album. I know they probably don't want to. I know that there's... I, I wish... I could sit down and tell them, hey, man, we would like to redo, like, a song or two from Continent, a song or two from Wormwood, a song or two from, you know, The Dead Walk, a song or two from 3750, a song or two from Coma Witch, and make it, like, and I know they did that at one point, but there's, like, a couple of songs that I wish they could just redo or do, like, or drop the demo version of it. You know, but I mean that's you know that's not really anything that 
you know, I'm hung up about. I wish they did. But I'm not hung up on it. Um, I think the album I would love them to redo the most and bring into the new limelight is content. I think that was just recorded... Uh, like if it was recorded in a basement, like if they were going for the old school feel, and I and I agree with that uh, aspect of it. I, I'm okay with what they did there. I just would like the new chunky sound that you hear live. The overall, rawr, like to the music sound of it, I would like to have that on album. That way, when I bump it, it doesn't sound like it's so distorted garage distortion you know and you would love to hear that with 3750 as well but you know like I said it's not nothing to gripe about I'm not here to not that's not the straw that broke the camel's back or anything like that it's just what it is but yeah so the show was awesome man I mean second night absolutely bonkers um I still got it man I still I know I talked about retiring from the mosh and I'm I'm for all intents and purposes I am at some point. I, I know I was really close before I kinda was wanting to step away from it. Not step away from heavy music, but just step away from the physicality and the violence of like a mosh pit and just be more just chilled and just watch bands and enjoy music a little bit more. But much like a football player or much like a basketball player i had a year off covid year and a half off almost two years of covid uh and i just got weak like that's something i do like i haven't fully transitioned to working out i haven't fully retired and i didn't i didn't want to retire at that moment when COVID hit, that wasn't. I wasn't like I was done. I was checking off bands that I want to see one more time, or to just throw down one more time. For example, like throw down. I want to see one more time and and bang my head and mosh. And you know, there's a couple of other bands that like I want to see and I want to dance around to. Um, and it just, you know, just so happened that COVID kind of forced everybody into retirement and I wasn't ready at that point so I, you know now that concert is coming back starting to see all the bands and stuff that I like want to see and I'm like okay you know like we're prolonging we're extending retirement date for a few more maybe another year or two before I'm out and uh, but I still got it, man. I went hard the entire set, uh, even during Kubukans, and I came out. I mean, I'm still tender today. Today's Monday now, like six thirty in the morning, and I'm still a little tender. Uh, I would love to go see the show in Anaheim tonight, just because I know it's warm wood night. Uh, I know that you know. Tonight would be an awesome night, but you know, I'm just. I already seen it. I would like to spend time with my girlfriend, and I would like to, you know, I don't want to struggle to get a ticket and and do all the, you know, in Anaheim. That if the venue wasn't so fucked up, I would go. But the venue is fucked up, and there's just other factors. I already seen it. Um, you know, just let other people go, you know. I'm sure it's not a big deal, like, I don't go. But, yeah, man, I mean, that was, it was an awesome show. Like I said, uh, Mess Arizona was a cool little venue. The Nile Theater, I mean, I've never been there. Um, as far as I know, you know... The Nile Theater is a good place for shows. And I guess, you know, Arizona's got... They're a little lucky that they got that venue there. Uh, 
it's a great venue. I can see a lot of bands rolling through there. Can fit enough people, you know. Kind of interesting to see the crowd there. It's a little bit more metal. You know, a little bit more metal heads there. Seeing people with a lot of Slipknot shirts. Seeing a lot of people with a lot of, um, you know, like Slayer shirts. And it's an interesting crowd there, to say the least. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's totally different than California. Not not so much, but I mean, there's a little bit more on the metal side. And I'm not sure if that's, there's a little bit of goth kids there as well. I'm not sure what, uh, if it's because it's the only metal avenue they got. But I mean, here in California, it's so weird because you do have punk bands and you got a whole punk crowd and they don't mix and mingle so much with the hardcore kids or like the little goth kids that still exist or the hardcore kids and the metal kids don't mix like they do a little bit but not all the time but yeah that's you know it's a little bit interesting crowd there to say the least uh but i just overall arizona this the march scene is a little soft uh i expected a little bit more but i took over the pay like after like a song after the beast was over, I mean, it was, the pit was mine. Uh, and, like, that was it. You know? And, again, I mean, I'm not afraid to get hit or anything. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, I kind of wonder, like, you know. And it's all, you, all, you never know, but you kind of wonder sometimes. Like, what would happen, but, you know, but again, I get, like, the mosh pits are different here in California as well. I think California, uh, the mosh scene is just absolutely insane. There's just insane mosh pits here, uh, versus, you know, in other places, but more specifically Southern California, uh, and Southern California is the hardest hitting area in the world currently that I that I'm aware of. Well, I don't know. I'm, I would love to go on tour with the you know band and just be in the crowd and just see who bangs the hardest. Uh, but I guarantee you, SoCal is up there because a lot of bands roll through here and I'm in there always. It's always a wild affair. So, with all that said, you know if you haven't seen the Acacia Strain live or or you like that album I, I highly suggest going if you can get a ticket and go um, I'd be interested to see you know what their next venture is what their next tour is because I'm already looking forward to seeing them again and there's just a lot of songs and a lot of things I want them to play yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of I want uh, a lot of songs I want them to play. A lot of I like to integrate DK with their other stuff that they got. Um, there's a lot of songs on Coma Witch that are banging. Uh, like again, I I, I kind of want them to play stuff off of Grey Bloom. I would really want to hear a couple songs off of Grey Bloom live. Um, obviously, you know we could come back and run a little bit of some old stuff as well. But there's just a lot of songs that I want to kind of see them free from having to be confined to just playing only new stuff and just mixing uh, some of the new stuff with some of the old stuff um you know what i mean like i, I want to hear crippling poison followed up by send help and then hit cross gates immediately with car bomb like i want to see like that's what i want to see going forward I know they just dropped this album not that long ago, so maybe the next tour they do will be a little bit more of a mashup of all their songs. Uh, you know, and I would also like to see who they go on tour with, you know, next. You know, this tour was amazing. Um, I'd like to see who they go on the road with next. It's always, it's always good to, you know, hear about other bands through that band or, you know, through other bands. If you'd like, you know, 
I got to see Dying Wish now twice, so I got to say, you know, I would like to see them uh, again in the future now that I know if they got on a tour with some other good bands, I would probably go because I would be like, oh, yeah, Dying Wish is pretty good. You know, Kublai Khan is another band, like, again, like, who they're playing with could be could be a great thing, you know. So I would be interested to see who, you know, obviously they're midways through this tour, Maybe on the latter end of it, I'm not sure. But, uh, wow, the train is really fucking up my route this morning. But yeah, no, the, uh, I would like to see the Acacia train again. And like I said, a, a mashup of who, you know, of the songs that they got, like, uh, you know, that's what I want to hear. Just a, you know, an amazing set with all the different songs going. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. I'm going to get this episode up, and then I'll probably record another one shortly. You know, the next day or two as well. Um, and, and then get, you know, get that one up as well. I got a lot of stuff to talk about on the next episode. Probably talk about, I went to go see Ghostbusters, which was amazing. And then, um, I finished off Narcos. So we'll probably talk about that in the next episode here in the next day or two. So uh, I'll catch you guys later. Uh, You know, stay tuned. Late.